Hey there, Converge Nation, Pastor Ray here, and I'd like to officially and formally welcome you, our virtual family, to our Sunday morning worship experience online. You may have noticed that we're in a totally new environment this morning, and I, I might seem a little underdressed for our Sunday morning message, and there's a reason for it. I kind of debated whether I was going to let the cat out of the bag or not. I might as well do it and raise your expectations. So here's the deal. Uh, man, look, this morning, this is the preview of coming attractions, and I'm super excited. Uh, one of the things that Pastor Wendy and I have been talking about, praying about, thinking about is how we can elevate our Sunday worship experiences uh, when we engage with our virtual uh, church community. And uh, man, we've talked about it, prayed about it. And finally today, uh, we had our very first Converge Worship Band reunion in weeks. Listen, Beginning next Sunday, a week from today, we're going to incorporate worship as part of our online worship experience. The team was super excited. They sounded awesome. So this is something that you have uh, to look forward to every Sunday morning when you connect with us online. We get to start off our worship experience together with Converge worship. And uh, and that's why I'm underdressed. I just came by to check out the recording session, had plans to record in a totally different environment, a different set. Uh, I was here already. The cameras were here. The lights were here. It's like, man, let's go for it. So forgive me. I am underdressed, but check this out. Uh, I pray that what I share this morning will be a source of inspiration and encouragement as we look to God's word together. One of the things that we are extremely proud of at Converge Church is the fact that we are a gospel-shaped community of faith. That means we allow the word of God to inform and instruct our every decision and our every choice. So this morning, we're going to dive into the word together. The word of God is going to be our compass. It's going to direct us. It's going to guide us. It's going to inform us. And uh, as we do that, I also want to announce to you that we're starting a brand new series of messages, a brand new sermon series that I am calling After These Things. After These Things. You might be wondering why. Uh, it's interesting that that phrase appears some 36 times, a total of 36 times, in both the Old and New Testaments, it seems that God has been speaking this from generation to generation, that in our lives there are what we call strategic inflection points, defining moments, seasons of transition, when God takes us from one place, from one season to the next, where God moves us from the now into what is next. And I thought it would be fitting, and, and, and again, I say I thought, but I believe God began to prompt me and lead me and direct me uh, to share these thoughts with you because I believe that our God wants us to believe, pray, plan, and prepare beyond COVID-19. I know that COVID-19 has been all-consuming. It has restricted where we've been able to go and, and, and how often we've been able to go. And, and social distancing has become the new normal. Uh, some are even suggesting, some sociologists are even suggesting that going forward, the United States will be a masked society, uh, much like Asia, where wearing a mask is what you do every single day. Uh, it has become what many are calling our new normal. May I submit to you this morning, Converge Nation, that sometimes divine interventions are disguised as life's interruptions. 
On the one hand, dealing with COVID-19 has really been inconvenient. But if we stop long enough, there's so much that we can celebrate in spite of COVID-19. The fact that for the first time in a long time, many of us have had an opportunity to connect face-to-face, not just side-by-side, but face-to-face with the people we love, our our spouses, our children. Uh, uh, It's allowed us to find rest and and to to recover uh, and to refresh and to replenish and to recuperate from the busyness and the demands of life. It's allowed us to find our Sabbath rhythm again. In fact, it's allowed us to think more clearly than we've ever thought before. It's also allowed us to figure out the things that really matter, the things that we ought to prioritize, that the things that are urgent are not always important. And so there has been, for those who have stopped long enough to consider God's hand at work in the midst of COVID-19, and let me be crystal clear, God is not the author or the originator of this nasty, evil pestilence, but God has informed us and reminded us and comforted us with his word from Romans chapter 8 20 and verse 28 that reminds us that God causes all things to work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. You say, Pastor Ray, I hear you. And the reason I want to emphasize that this morning, Converge Nation, is I believe that I am on assignment that God has divinely ordained and commissioned me to begin to reset and recalibrate your life around your unique and specific after these things. That God right now wants you to begin to plan. He wants you to begin to pray. He wants you to begin to prepare. And he wants you to, be, he wants you to begin to anticipate what is next beyond your now. There is a divine prophetic after these things that God is bringing you into. And I know your present circumstances may be overwhelming. Your present circumstances may be daunting, but God wants you to see. God wants you to dream. God wants you to believe. God wants you to expect. God wants you to anticipate. God wants you to hope beyond the limitations and the restrictions of your now. And that's why in Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews declares that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross and despised the shame. You know what that simply means? Listen, there was a cross right in front of Jesus, but Jesus saw, Jesus dreamed, and Jesus pressed in beyond the cross. And this morning, listen to me, God wants you and I to hope Dream and believe beyond what we see directly in front of us. For the joy that was set before him, Jesus went through the cross. You know what kept Jesus going? Jesus saw you and he saw me. You know what kept Jesus going? Even when he was flogged, when he was beaten, when he bore 39 stripes upon his back, you know what kept him going? Jesus saw beyond what he was going through, and he saw what God was taking him to. Jesus saw the church. Jesus saw the redemption of humanity. And Jesus is saying to us that there is an after these things beyond what you're going through right now. And there's so many wrestling with so many things. You're now. It's disappointing. I think of all the high school and college graduates I think of all all the people who were getting married this year. 
who had planned spring and summer weddings. Your plans have been put on hold indefinitely. But I believe that Jesus is saying to you that there is an after these things. After the failure. After the frustration. After the disappointment. After the layoff. After the furlough. After the bankruptcy. Listen to me. After the the dings to your credit score. No matter what you're going through right now. It might be the only thing you can even see or you can't even think beyond this, but God wants to shake us out of our disappointment. And he wants to remind us that there is an after these things. In this first message in our series, I've chosen to begin where we find the first occurrence of this phrase in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. With the life of the one we refer to as the father of our faith. He is an Old Testament patriarch. In fact, Christians, Jews, and Muslims trace our faith heritage back to this one progenitor. This singular patriarch named Abraham. And that's where we're going to pick up the text this morning in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. And again, uh, as we begin reading the text... This is not where we're first introduced to Abraham. We're meeting Abraham after some very significant things have transpired in his life. By the time we read Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1, Abraham already has history with God. Abraham already has a track record with God. And may I submit to you that it's not the most impressive resume that Abraham has had some missteps, and Abraham had made some mistakes. But in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1, we find this phrase for the first time of 36 occurrences in Scripture, and God is speaking to Abraham, and he's about to give him a do-over. He's about to give him a second chance. Oh, no, maybe not even a second chance. He's about to give him a new beginning because the truth is, is if God was only the God of the second chance, all of us would be disqualified because you and I have needed a a new beginning and a do-over more than just one. So, So here's Abraham after these things because when we're introduced to Abraham, he is simply Abram. He is a man who is from a pagan family. His father, Terah, was an idol worshiper. And in Genesis chapter 12, God appears to Abram. And God says to Abram, I want you to leave your family and your kindred. I want you to leave. I want you to walk away voluntarily from everything that is comfortable and convenient, everything that is familiar. And this is what God says next. And I want you to go to a place that I will show you. Talk about walking by faith. It's one thing to say I'm going to leave Dallas and move to L.A. It's one thing to say I'm going to move from New York to Vancouver or Toronto. But when God speaks to you and say, hey, man, I want you to leave everything, your stability and your security in exchange for something I'm eventually going to tell you. You see, God didn't even tell Abram where he was going. God simply said, I want you to trust me enough that you pack up your house. Leave your family, leave your possessions, and then go to a place that I will show you. In fact, 
Your first steps of obedience will determine how much I show you. May I submit to you that some of us are stuck because we haven't taken the first step. And because we haven't taken the first step, God has refused to tell you what's next. May I submit to you that sometimes it is in taking the first step and the second step and the third step that God begins to reveal what's next. And most of us have been stuck because of what I like to term the paralysis of analysis. You've been overthinking the instruction. Like, how can I sell my house now in the midst of COVID-19? Well, if God is, that's what God's telling you to do, baby, you better do it. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I do know I'm supposed to do X. Yeah? Because when you do X, God is going to show you Y. And when he shows you Y, he's going to show you Z because there is an after these things that transcends and that supersedes your now. So he says to Abraham, leave your family, leave your country, go to a place I will show you. And in exchange for your obedience, in exchange for your radical faith, in exchange for your obedience to this illogical instruction, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a blessing. In fact, he says, I'm going to make your name great, and in you, in you, through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But in order to experience what's next, you've got to leave what you know now. And for some of us, that could be that little tug, that little pull you're feeling on your heart because God wants to bring you into your after these things. But God has history with Abraham. By the time we get to Genesis 14, Abram has not only disobeyed the instruction because now he brings Lot and his family. Hold up, Abram. Didn't God tell you to leave all them jokers behind? Yeah, but that's my, I said, cousin, that's my nephew. That's my brother's boy. How many of you realize that just because it's a good idea doesn't mean it's a God idea? Do you realize that there's a reason in spite of all the attachments you have to certain people, some of them friends, some of them family, that God is saying in order for me to, in order for you to experience your after these things, that there has to be a separation? And, and, and so, so by the time we get to Genesis 15, uh, Abram has already disobeyed God by bringing Lot. And you know the story with Abram and Lot that eventually Abram had to separate from Lot because of all the problems that Lot and his house and his servants created for Abram because of his disobedience. Uh, Abram has history with God by the time we get to Genesis 15 because Abram has already denied his wife Sarah. And he said to, 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 to the Egyptians, oh, no, that's not my wife. That's just my sister. And they took Abram's wife from him, brought, him to, brought her to Pharaoh. And, and, and listen, he had uncovered his wife, the one who should have protected his wife, chose self-preservation over his covenant with his wife. That would have been enough to disqualify most of us. Most of us would have written Abram off a long time ago for his bad choices, for his disobedience, and for his sin. But listen to me, by the time we get to Genesis chapter 15, these are but a few of the mistakes that Abram has made. May I say to you this morning, Converge Nation, 
If you've ever messed up, if you've ever missed the mark, you're in very good company. You are not alone. And this morning, God wants to announce to you your very own after these things. If you're new to Converge Nation, I just want to inform you that everything I've said up until now is just the introduction. Come on, somebody. So let's dive into the word together. Just a few thoughts I'm going to share with you, and then I'll be out of your way. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. The text begins, after these things, after the failures, after the detours, the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Abram, don't be afraid. Can I stop right there for a second and say that the thing that has been haunting you, the thing uh, that has stopped you in your tracks, God wants to speak to this morning and he wants to say, do not be afraid about your future. Because in life, this is what I've learned, that we can either respond to what God is saying in faith, or we can react in fear to what life is screaming at us. Notice, respond or react. Uh, typically, in a medical sense, uh, a person can have a positive response to medication, but a negative reaction to the same treatment. And so when the scripture says, when God shows up to Abraham and says, do not be afraid, he's saying, don't react in fear. What I want you to do is respond in faith in spite of all the things you've done wrong up until this point, because I am the God of new beginnings. He says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your protection. I am your help. And I'm your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what you going to give me? <laughs> I know what you're saying. You're going to be my reward. You're going to be my all in all. Uh, you're going to be my everything. But Lord, I <laughs> make this very practical. Uh, make this very real. Make this very measurable. What you going to give me? I know what you're saying, but what is this really going to look like? And there are times in our life where our obedience is predicated on our ability to bargain and negotiate with God. Instead, instead of simple obedience, when God says, don't be afraid, Abraham's response, well, what you going to give me? <laughs> because in life, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you decide. In life, you don't get what you need, you get what you negotiate. I'm talking to the ones of us who have difficulty with simple obedience, childlike faith in God. That's where Abram was. Well, I, 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 I hear what you say, God, but what you going to give me? And notice verse 3, then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one in my house will be my heir. Uh, this speaks to the resignation that Abraham is experiencing in this moment. If we're not careful, Converge Nation, we will say to ourselves, you know what? This is my present circumstances. This is the way life has always been. And guess what? This is the way life will always be. He's making this, this uh, appeal almost to God. And he's saying to God, listen. He said, what you gonna give me? Seeing that I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. He says, what you gonna give me, man? Lord, I have no one to pass my legacy on to. 
And in verse 4, the Lord says, This one shall not be your heir. Speaking of Eliezer. You see, well, Eliezer was a servant who had become like a son to Abram. And all Abram wanted was a son of his own. You know, I think there are times in life when we substitute uh, God's gift for something we create for ourselves. And, and that's the truth of what's happening in this narrative. Because if, if it takes a little bit longer than we planned, if it becomes a little bit more difficult than we're comfortable with, we say to ourselves, this must not be God. And that's what Abraham has resigned to. But God shows up to Abram in a vision to say to him, there is an after these things. And even though Eliezer is the closest thing to the dream that you have in your heart, he ain't the one. Can I say to some of you this morning that maybe you can see something and touch it and feel it, but what God has called you to and what God has laid up for you and what God has promised you is intangible in the moment. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. You can't even see it. Listen to me. Resist the urge. Resist the temptation to trade in what you can see that is man-made for what you can't see that is God-ordained. And that's what Abram says. He said, what you going to give me? Because really all I got is Eliezer. And God shows up to him in verse 4 and says, listen, Eliezer, as real as he might seem to you, ain't the one. Converge nation, listen to this and hear me right or hear me clear. <laughs> Just because it's real doesn't make it right. And so I want to encourage you that God has an after these things beyond what you're going through. Just because it's real doesn't mean it's right. Abram had another misstep because he had waited on God for almost a quarter of a century from the time he was 75 until he was 99 and nothing had happened. So guess what he does? He takes matters into his own hands and he has an Ishmael. He has a child by his servant, Hagar. There are times in our lives when we get so anxious and we get so desperate for our after these things we get so desperate for the fulfillment of the promise of God that instead of yielding to God's process, we try to orchestrate things in our own timing. And so Abram has another misstep and he has a child out of wedlock and God says, Eliezer won the one <laughs> and Ishmael ain't the one either. There is an Isaac and he takes him out and he says, look up at the stars. After these things, I want you to look up at the stars. And I know you don't even have one offspring to speak of yet. But I am going to do such a profound, such a miraculous thing in your life. Such a notable miracle that your descendants will be as the stars of the sky and the grains of sand on the ground. Now I want you to stop for a moment and think about it. I don't know what your present circumstances look like. I don't know what your now is suggesting about you. But if God were to show up to you when you were already well advanced in years, in fact, the scripture says 
that Abram didn't consider the deadness of his own body or the deadness of Sarah's womb. Listen, what, what he was staring down was a physical and biological impossibility. People don't have kids at that age. Yet God brings him outside and says, you're going to have hundreds of thousands of descendants. Too many to number. And that's the kind of faith that God wants us to muster in this season. Like Jesus, he wants to see, he wants us to see the joy that is set before us. And so he brings Abram out. And notice, because this is where we close in verse 6. The Bible says, Abram believed God. <laughs> and it was credited to him as righteousness. All God desires is a man and a woman, a woman who will simply take him at his word. Not try to figure it out. Not try to determine how it's going to happen, who it's going to happen with. But to simply trust. Childlike faith is the portal that brings us from our now into our next. It is the bridge into our after these things. Now, when you read the Old Testament, I like to think of it as the deleted scenes of Abram's story. Because when you read the New Testament, Abram, man, has a perfect resume. In fact, I'm just going to throw this out there for good measure. Don't live your life for your resume. Live your life for your legacy. And so Abram is about to position himself where he's about to make some decisions that are going to define his legacy. And so in Romans chapter 4, this is where we close. Abram did these things. The Bible says he considered not the deadness of his own body and the deadness of Sarah's womb. And because he considered not, he wavered not. Listen to me. There is a connection between what we give our attention to and our response and our outcomes in life. Stop for a second and, and think about what you're considering. When I use the word considering, I mean what are you entertaining? Because your life will always move in the direction of your most dominant thought. Because whatever you think about, you stay in contact with. So notice Abraham considered not. He gave no attention to the impossibilities. He gave no attention to the physical, biological limitations. All he stood on was the promise of God. And because he considered not, he wavered not. Do you find yourself vacillating? Back and forth, swinging like a pendulum between faith and fear, doubt and uncertainty, wavering back and forth with the promise of God. It goes back to what you're considering, what you're entertaining in your thought life. Because if you consider not, guess what? You're going to waver not. Now, the Bible says in James chapter 1, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Uh, if we waver, we become unstable. And the scripture says in James chapter 1, let not that man or that woman think they will receive anything from God. Let me tell you what's at stake. What's at stake is your after these things. And in order to lay hold of your after these things, listen, consider not, waver not. Here's the third thing. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. <laughs> listen to me. How do you strengthen your faith? 
when you find yourself somewhere between your now and your next, when you find yourself somewhere in the middle, you, your strength, your faith can be strengthened as you give glory to God. And that is a missing art in the body of Christ where our praise is determined by our circumstances. Yet the Bible says, the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Abraham was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God before the manifestation of his after these things. Most of us are waiting to praise God after the fact after the accelerated manifestation, after the breakthrough. May I submit to you that your breakthrough comes at the moment of persuasive revelation, not at the moment of manifestation. That's when the breakthrough happens. When the fourth thing happens, where the scripture says that Abram was fully persuaded that God was able to do what he had promised. Listen, he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He worshipped as if it had already happened. He worshipped as if it was already done. And as he began, he began to give thanks, and as he began to worship God and give thanks and praise and magnify and exalt God, listen, God got bigger than the problem. And the scripture says he was strengthened in faith. But here's the moment of breakthrough. This is the point the point of persuasive revelation. The breakthrough comes at the point of persuasive revelation, not at the moment of manifestation. And that's why the woman with the issue of blood said, if I could but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Listen, when she touched him, the manifestation happened in her physical body, but the breakthrough happened before she touched him because the breakthrough came at the point of persuasive revelation. And the Bible declares that Abram, was fully persuaded, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. There is an after these things that belongs to you. There is an after these things with your name on it. There is an after these things that God has prepared in advance for you. According to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, that declares that you and I are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared, listen, in advance that you and I should walk in. And so COVID-19, COVID-19 ain't got nothing on God's plan and God's purpose for your life. Because long before there was ever a COVID-19, long before this disruptive pandemic God had already planned in advance the works that you would do. He already decided how he would anoint you, how he would grace you, how he would gift you, how he would uh, divinely and strategically align you with the right people in the right places at the right time. And the Lord wants me to declare to you this morning, Converge Nation, that now is the appointed time for you to lay hold of your after these things because this too will pass and the only thing that will remain is what God has purposed what God has planned and what God has prepared just for you so start dreaming again get that journal out and revisit the things you wrote get that business plan out and tweak it and perfect it and begin to live each day with expectation that what God promised, not Eliezer, not Ishmael, but Isaac will manifest 
will come to pass because there is an after these things. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you will seal this word in our hearts. That, God, we would not just be hearers of your word, but we would be doers also. For it is in the doing of your word that our lives are transformed. Father, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice today. That, God, you would bring us into our after these things. And for the one who tuned in this morning from somewhere around the world, who doesn't have a personal relationship with you, we stop now to pray for them. Listen, if that's you and you're watching online, uh, maybe you just stumbled onto this uh, webcast, this, this, uh, 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 this uh, broadcast from Converge Church. You're not even sure how you found it. Or maybe someone told you about Converge. Someone shared the link with you and you find yourself here, but you've, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your personal Savior. We want to give you a moment to do that. Listen, the Bible declares anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, anyone, regardless of your past, regardless of your history. Like Abram, you may have history, but God wants to declare to you in Jesus' name that you have and after these things. I want to pray a simple prayer for you. In fact, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to pray it after me. And the Bible says this simple act of faith. Remember, Genesis 15 and verse 6, Abram believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. This morning, all you have to do is simply believe and it will be credited to you as righteousness. Just a fancy word that means right standing with God. And God wants to bring you into right standing with him through faith in his son Jesus. Come on, Converge Nation, pray this prayer after me, but especially that one who wants to come into relationship with Jesus Christ because there is an after these things beyond your past. Pray this with me. Dear God, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I acknowledge my need for a Savior. I acknowledge my sin and my past failures. I ask you now, Jesus, to wash me in your precious blood. Cleanse me from all my sin. I thank you that you died on the cross for me 2,000 years ago. And on the third day, you rose from the grave. Thank you for dying for my sin and giving me new life in Christ. I thank you that I am born again. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, one more time, Converge Nation, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you prayed that prayer again, we want to send you some resources that will help jumpstart your relationship with Jesus Christ. Send us an email to info at weareconverged.com. That's info at weareconverged.com. We want to send you those resources and we want to serve you and pray for you and be available to serve you no matter where you're watching from in the world. Finally, if this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we want to first of all thank you for your 
uh, your generosity uh, over the last several weeks. And we want to thank you for your future partnership with us financially. Uh, the information for how you can give and partner with us during this season is going to be on the screen. You can either go to our website at www.weareconverged.com slash give. You can give there. Uh, or you can text your gift to 77977. Uh, type in Converge Give and the dollar amount. And those funds uh, will be uh, uh, transferred over uh, to our account safely and securely. That will allow us to do, continue to do the work of the ministry. Let me just, let me just brag on you. Because of your generosity, uh, last week for Mother's Day, uh, we served, I believe it was right at about, right at about a total of 20 people. I believe it was eight of our seniors, our seasoned saints, uh, eight uh, moms, uh, grandmothers uh, that we surprised. Uh, the pictures are available on our Facebook page at We Are Converged. And, uh, and also, I want to say maybe about 12, uh, 12 of our single moms with school-age kids. Again, because of your generosity, during this season, we've been able to step in and, and, and cover rent payments and utility payments for people in need. That's why we exist as the church, uh, to be our brother's keeper and to bear one another's burdens. It would not have been possible. It won't be possible without your generosity. So we want to say thank you for your past present and future partnership with us as we do the work of the ministry. Uh, one last thing I'm going to say. Hey, download our mobile app. Listen, it's new and improved. Uh, go to your app store or your play store. Search Converge Church Plano. Converge Church Plano. Download, install our mobile app. You can access all of our sermon audio, all of our sermon videos. You can give online. You can stay abreast of upcoming events, etc., etc., etc. And then make sure, make sure every Sunday, if you have a teenager, make sure that they are connecting with us via WebEx. Shoot us an email at students at weareconverged.com. Our leadership team will send you the WebEx info so that it is private and secure. And uh, we want your students, your teenagers, 6th through 12th grades, to connect with us every week, man. We're pouring into them. Our student leadership team, they're pouring into them. Our women meet on Tuesday nights via Zoom. Our men via Zoom on Thursday nights at 7. And we want to stay connected with you beyond our Sunday morning experience. All right, that's all I have for you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in, Converge Nation. And we will see you next Sunday. And guess what? I'll have the Converge Worship Band with me, and we're going to turn up in Jesus' name. God bless you.